Bruchim Abayim. Welcome everyone. Uh, this was going to be our last Agar the Perkashir before the Chag. Welcome everybody. We have a very special program today. First, a few important announcements. Most important, if you don't yet have the Sefer, Magad Rakyan Pesach, it's available uh, at your local farm store. You could order it with free shipping at our site, RabbiDG.com. Uh, we're working on this Sefer is on Pesach, but we're now working on a Haggadah, specifically on Haggadah in English for Art Scroll. A number of Mamarma are already complete in English. If anybody wants to be Mishtatif in that, please let us know. We could try to send you before Pesach some very nice pieces on the Haggadah. Also, we have great breaking news, Baruch Hashem. Our shul has located a property that we're now in contract for, and the uh, will serve as not only our base medrash, but also an uh, international Torah center studio for all the shiurim, if anybody wants to be mishtatef, tave aleichem bracha. Okay, so now we are going to speak about uh, a subject. Uh, I'll tell you the truth, I was planning on speaking about a different subject, but something in the news... Um, is really weighing on my heart. And that is, over the last couple of days, the kever of Yosef HaTzadik was desecrated now two times. First, the Arabs came in and they smashed the kever, they smashed the lighting above it, they set it aflame. causes every heart to stir, to be pained. How could they do this to... Yosef HaTzadik, Tzadik Yisoyed Olam. The whole world rests on Yosef. The foundation of the world. Yosef is the foundation of the world. And how could this happen? And now again, yesterday, a second time, after the Israeli government ple- um, pledged that they're going to guard this, uh, the holy sites, right after they do it again. And obviously, everything in this world is Bahashkacha Pratis. And Hakobi de Shamayim. And who are we to analyze the affairs of heaven? Why Hakadosh Baruch Hu has allowed this to happen? But what we like to examine, Divrei Chachamenu, Divrei Chazal, regarding uh, a certain phenomenon in history, and maybe we can use it and apply it toward why this is happening to us now in the days before Pesach. So I want to share with you. Are you able to see the, these Marama comments on the screen? Um, this actually comes from our Sefer. And small. what? It's pretty small. Okay. If you can enlarge it a little bit. Let's, okay, let me do that. I did, I did send out the Makaris. How do you like that, Rabbi Maskelitz? That, oh, that's, no, that's too much. That's is, good. Is good? Okay. So, um, in order to explain this, we're going to uh, analyze another phenomenon that has occurred throughout Jewish history, and that is, even though the Yont of a Pesach is Man Chirusenu, a time of Simcha, a time of redemption, however, throughout the long and bitter Golos, there has been a specific tragedy that has struck the Jewish people, specifically at this time of the year, and that is the awesome and frightening accusation of the blood libel. And what they claim is, they, their pretext is that it's the Jewish custom to kill a Gentile child and to take his blood to use in the baking of the matzahs. This libel was the 
share the portion of the Jewish people annually, annually in the time period before Pesach. Many kehilois, many kehilois were murdered al Kiddush Hashem in the footsteps of this pretext. There's a piyot called Micha Moicha Ba'ilmim, which was written by Rabbi Yitzchak ben Shalom from the Balei Atoisis, to remember the tragedies of the blood libels. And it was established to say this piyot the week after Pesach. In the Haggadah of Rabbi Yo Kitov, and in the Sefer Gezeros Ashkenad Svarad, they bring at length and describe all the various blood libels that occurred throughout history. And I just want to point out that not only do they occur in the Christian world, but the Arabs were very good Talmidim as well. And uh, this past winter, I was Zoycha to be on Har Hazesim at the Kever of Rabbeinu Kalonimus on the Valley of Har Hazesim. And he saved the Jewish people from a blood libel in the Arab community. So this has been a universal pretext. Just Derech Agav, Rav Avigdor Miller, Zechatzak Levracha brings that from the blood libel we learn a very important lesson. Is there any greater fabrication and lie than the blood libel? Is there any anything that is so rem- far from the truth? We know Klal Yisrael, they're careful if they open an egg and there's a little blood spot, they throw out the whole egg. Klal Yisrael would not go near an iota of dam. So how can anybody think that they put dam in the matzahs? And even so, many Goyim believe this for hundreds of years. Ad Hayoim! So says Rav Miller, not only did they believe it, it became a tenet of their religion. If they believe this, if this is part of their religion, then that sheds light on everything they believe in. Everything is kuloi sheker v'chazah. Anyway, the blood libel went so far as in the well, the well-known, notorious, false Messiah Jacob Frank, Shem Risham Yerkov, he claimed that the tzach adash be'achav was a rosh tevois, not for the makois, but rather for the Jewish custom of using Gentile blood for the matzahs. Tetzach, dam tzrichim kulanu, we all need blood. Adash, al derech sha'asu, be'achav, be'oisoi ish chachomim b'yerushalayim. That's what the students of Jacob Frank claimed. And in the Sefer Oitzreinu Hayashan, he brings that the rabbis responded that no, tetzach adash be'achav, in fact, is an amanic. The word of our enemy is false. Adash, alilas dam sheker. The blood libel is a lie. Be'achav, b'nei Avraham chalilo b'zayis. Heaven forbid would a Jew do this. And there are practices, Lel Seder, that have been affected by the blood libel. For instance, in the Sefer, Heichal Divrei Chazal Piskameam, he brings that there is a gersa. God, throw your love on the Gentiles. Now, we don't know exactly why there was such a nusach, but it's pretty reasonable to assume they did this because of pikuach uh, nefashos that the goyim found in the original nusach of they found the basis for their false claims. In fact, the Mechaber in Simon Tafayim Beis writes, it's a mitzvah to use red wine 
on Pesach. And the Ramos says, unless the white wine is better. However, says the Taz, the reason why red wine is better is because red is considered an attractive color for wine. However, says the Taz, nowadays we don't do use red wine because of the blood libel. We avoid red wine. Because you spill it on the table, on the tablecloth, the Akum comes in, they say, oh, you see, you shechted a Gentile, it's all over your table. Anyway, another uh, another theory, which is pra, which is most likely, is that we start off to say there, everyone who's hungry, come and eat. Uh, but there's a kasha, what do you mean everyone who's hungry, come and eat? The door is locked. Yeah, uh, what a very genuine invitation. The door is locked, it's bolted with four locks. There's a guard door, guard dog on your front porch and at the gate that's locked with two people with pistols standing there. Yeah, anyone who's hungry, come and eat. The answer is the old custom, original custom is the doors were open the night of the Seder. That was the original custom. <laughs> but they had to stop that custom because of the danger the Jewish people were in. And we have to ask ourselves, That even though certainly this blood libel has no basis in reality, and this is a concoction and invention of the Oivdei Kachom Azolos, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world, and why would God allow such a lie to be perpetuated and to continue and to cause us so much tsar? There must be a very great message for the Jewish people. And furthermore, we know there's a rule, Sheker Inloi Raglaim, something that is completely a false that has no basis in reality would dissipate on its own. So how can this lie continue and be perpetuated for so many millennia? This is the kasha of Hagoin Rabbanon Vasserman. And Rabbanon says Dvarim Noiraim. Says Rabbanon. The reason is there's no question. It's a punishment for Klal Yisrael. Mida Keneged Mida. We took Yosef and we dipped his cloak in blood and we said, Taraf, Taraf Yosef. Blood libel. We tricked our father. We told our father Yosef was killed. We fooled him. We tricked him. So God says, Mida Kenegad Mida, quid pro quo. You will be punished. You pulled the stunt on your father with your brother. You claimed that he was torn apart by a wild animal? Well, this will be the menos chelek of the Jewish people throughout history. And don't, this is, this has happened in every country, including the United States of America, and including in the last 20 years. And this is the opinion of Rabbi Chanan Wasserman, and he says, if I am off on this, if I went too far, if I veer, you know, veered into territory that God doesn't want me to, He should forgive me. But Rebbe Hanan says the reason for the blood libel, it's a punishment for Mechiras Yosef. And if you remember earlier this year, we had the Zuchus to find this idea in a Gado that lived about a hundred years before Rebbe Hanan Vassarman. Rebbe Chaim Falaji in the Sefer, Derachav Lamoisha, he says, Laniyaz Daiti, Kiyan Yesh Avoin Mechiras Yosef, that they tricked their father and they said, Therefore they, they, the pretext, therefore we are punished, Now, 
Reb Chaim Falaji adds one Nakuda. He says that God had it happen, but we'll come to this. Why? Okay, we're going to come back to the added point of Reb Chaim Falaji. Now, that means Reb Chanon is adding, Reb Chanon is innovating, he's being Mechadish, that the sin of Mechiras Yosef is such that we have to deal with it for all time. Meaning, not only were the brothers of Yosef punished for the, for selling Yosef, and according to some, they were punished in the Asar Haruge Malchus, but this is a a sin that we have to deal with in every single generation. In every generation. Similar to what we find by the Chet HaEgel, where God says, Uviyoyim pakti ufakarati aleim chatasam. And... Rabbi Hanan is saying then, then it comes out, there are two sins that we deal with in all generations, the sin of Mechiras Yosef and the sin of the Egal. And we find, Rabbi Isai, support for this view of Rabbi Hanan, that there are two sins that the Jewish people have to deal with throughout time, the Egal and Mechiras Yosef. In the comments of the Meshachachma, who comments in Vayikra, on the words of the Yom Kippur davening, God, you are the soileach for Yisrael and the machalon to the tribes of Yisrael. And the Meshachachma, the Arsameach, says that there are two sins that we have to deal with for all time. One is the Egel, like it says, and Reb, the Meshachachma quotes the Medrash and Mishle, that in every generation the sin of Mechiras Yosef is still extant. Therefore, in every generation and in every Yom Kippur, we, we mention that God atones and He forgives us for the Chet Egel and for Mechiras Yosef. So we say, Kiata Solchan Yisrael. Solchan Yisrael. What's Yisrael? Klal Yisrael, when they made the eagle, they said, Eila Elohecha Yisrael. And God in response said, Solachti Kedvarecha. So Kiata Solchan, you are Soileach to what the Yisrael did with the Chedah Egal. But Umachalan, you are Moichel, the Shivte Yeshurun, the Shvatim from Mechiras Yosef. So here we have two great Ga'inim. We have the Arsameach, Rameir Simchav Dvinsk. We have Rabbi Chanan Vasimin, and as we mentioned, Rabbi Chaim Falaji. They learned that the sin of Mechiras Yosef is a sin that we have to reckon with in all generations. However, let us continue and follow in the ways of Rebbe Hanan and contemplate the wonders of divine providence. And that is, yes, we understand why the blood libel has happened to us. But why specifically in the time of Pesach? Now, I don't know that I can ask such a question. I don't know that we can ask such a question. But this question is further raised by Rav Matasio Salomon. Why did God orchestrate that it should happen Pesach time? So I found in the writings of Rav Chaim Falaji that the reason why it happened Pesach time is God wanted to protect us because we know Shoimer Mitzvah Layeda Davaro, we know Mitzvahs protect. So if it would have happened at some other time, perhaps it would have been much greater danger for the Jewish people. So Hashem orchestrated it should happen specifically at through a mitzvah that the mitzvah should offer a degree of protection. But this is the Kasha of Rabbi Matasyahu, and I would humbly say, 
Again, this is not a question that I can ask. Uh, this is not a question that I can ask, but let's follow in the ways of Rabbi Hanan. Here almost we have this week, in the week before Pesach, the kever of Yosef HaTzadik being desecrated, destroyed, burnt, not only once, but even after the Israeli government pledged to protect it, again yesterday. Why is this happening now? Again, who are we to ask such a question? We're just following, so to speak, the, the coattails of Ramatasio Solomon. And Ramatasio offers the following approach. Let's start off with the following question. This question is really raised by Rav Shalom Kluger in his Haggadah. And that is, you know, we do many things the night of the Seder to remember the freedom. We eat matzah to remember the freedom. We didn't have time to let our bread rise. We do many things to remember the bitterness. We eat marar. Why don't we do anything to remember how we got to Mitzrayim in the first place? You know, we remember the Geula. We remember the Golos. We remember the Shibud, but do we remember how the Golas began? And how did the Golas begin? We know Golas Mitzrayim began with the sale of Joseph, Mechiras Yosef. And in fact, when we're Ma'ayin and we're Madaktik in the matter, we will see that there are many Ramazim to Mechiras Yosef, Lel Seder. I got a message from Rabbi Emanuel Bernstein that... His father, Rav Isaac Bernstein, was very fond of this Rabbeinu Manoyach, and in fact, that's where I heard it from. Rabbi Isaac Bernstein would say, you know, your kids are going to say over at the Seder, or you're, you're going to hear, what's Karpas? Karpas is Samach Perech. 600,000 Jews did the labor of backbreaking labor. But says Rabbeinu Manoyach, actually the definitive, Rabbeinu Manoyach is a Risha in a parish on the Rambam, the definitive reason for Karpas is Zecher to the Kesoynes Pasim that Yaakov Aminu made for Yosef. Karpas is reminiscent of Pasim. In fact, Rashi on, on the word Kesoynes Pasim, he says, like in the Megillah, Chor Karpas Uschelas. Karpas is fine wool. The Benishchai takes this even further. He says the first dipping the karpas in vinegar reminds us of Mechiras Yosef when they dipped his tunic in blood. Karpas is a compound word. Kar as in mecher. Pas as in pasum. So here we have it. That we do do something the night of the Seder to remember how we got to Mitzrayim in the first place. And in fact, we've said over in the past from the Chuvas Marshal and Simon Peches, the Marshal tells us after you eat the matzah, you take out the Afi Koimen, you swing it over your back, you walk Dalet Amos, and you say, This is what our forefathers did with their packages slung over their shoulders. And the question is, why in the world are we slinging our Afi Kaiman over our shoulders? So, we have a very nice crowd tonight on Zoom. Live here in the studios, we have... Uh, Mayor Gladstein. It's a good question, Mayor Gladstein, right? Why sling over the matzah over our shoulders? And Rav Shlomo Kluger says, look in the Gemara Psachim Samachem Beis. It says, everyone would take and put their Pesach over their shoulder. How? Amar of Elish? 
Tayos. Not to be confused with Fios, broadband. No, Tayos. What does Tayos mean? Says Rashi, Soicharim Yishma'elem. Arab merchants. You hear this? We have a mitzvah, the night of the Seder, to sling something over our shoulders like Arabs. Marvar Aboisai. Why is there an obligation, the night of the Seder, to act like Arabs? I'm not sure, even though there may be your cousins, why we would want to do anything like Yishma'ilim, the night of the Seder. And Rav Shlomo Kluger says, he says, we do many things the night of the Seder to commemorate Geula. We do many, many things the night of the Seder to commemorate Shibud. Why don't we do anything the night of the Seder to commemorate how we got down in the first place? Namely, how did we get down? Mechiras Yosef. And in fact, says Roshan Kluger, we do something the night of the Seder to remember Mechiras Yosef. Because who was Yosef sold to? Yishma'elem. So in order to remember the Mechiras Yosef, we take the afikoimen, we sling it over our shoulders, tayos ke soicharim yishmeilim, like Arab merchants. So in fact, there are a number of things we do, be it karpas, be it dipping the karpas, be it slinging the afikoimen over our shoulder. There are many things we do the night of the Seder to commemorate how we got down to Mitzrayim in the first place. Says Ramatasio Salomon, Based on this idea, we can understand why the tragedy of the blood libel occurred specifically at Pesach time. Because when Pesach comes, and our hearts are aflame, yearning for the Geula, and we pray, We pray, We're hypocrites, really? You, you want to be in Jerusalem? So then why don't you think how we got into the mess in the first place, which is Sinas Chinam, we sold Yosef, which is Sinas Chinam in times of Bayesheni. Ask yourselves, we've been asking for 2,000 years, L'Shana above Yerushalayim, why is the Almighty not granting our requests? You know, we daven every day for Parnassah, and we have breakfast in the morning, and we have lunch, and we could support our family, but why when we ask Him to go back to Yerushalayim, does He say, sorry, you can't go? What, what's our problem? What are we doing wrong? And the answer is, the, the same thing we did to get ourselves into the mess, we still haven't corrected ourselves. So as Pesach comes, and we're praying to get out of Golos, and we're recalling Golos Mitzrayim, and why we, and how we should think to ourselves, you know, we still haven't gotten out of this mess, and how do we get into this mess in the first place? We sold our brother, Sinas Chinam, so every year as Pesach approaches, says Ramadi so Solomon, the sin of Mechiras Yosef is reawakened and re-aroused. And if the sin of Mechiras Yosef is aroused, then as Rabbi Hanan taught us, the blood libel is a direct punishment from Mechiras Yosef. Is there any wonder why the blood libels happen Dafka Pesach time? Because come Pesach, that's when the Avera of Mechiras Yosef is reawakened. Can we then humbly say, and again, I'm not saying this, it's a, 
Rav Matasio, I believe, would say, Rav Ochanan is saying this. You think it's a coincidence that the grave, the cover of Yosef HaTzadik is desecrated the week before Pesach? It's as if we're being, it's as if that Avera is happening again. It's as if the Tsar we cause Yosef is being reawakened. Because if we're still sitting at a Seder and thinking about the Vayimaru Eschayem and thinking about the Arami Oyveravi and thinking about Vanitzak El Hashem and thinking about B'damayi Chayi, then we have to think, how'd we get there? We tried to kill our brother. Which brother? Yosef. So Yosef's reminding us. You still didn't fix the problem. Again, I'm not, I can't say such a thing. I can't even intimate such a thing. I just, you're learning Rebbe Chanan, you're learning Ramatisio. That's what they're saying. One of the very well-known blood libels in history occurred in the 20th century, the Mendel Bayless case. Mendel Bayless was a renowned, prominent Jew in Kiev, in the Ukraine. And in the year 1911, they accused him of killing a Gentile to use his blood for the matzah. And in 1913, he was tried. And Jews, there was an outcry from Jews around the world to come to his advocacy. And basically, because the case was so public, this was going to be like the final barometer, you know, as their basis to the blood libel. And part of the prosecution cited the Gemara in Yevamis that says, Atem adam. Jews are called man, Goyim are not called Adam. And the prosecution claimed that from this Gemara we see that the Jewish people do not consider Gentiles human, and that's probably why they allow themselves to commit such a horrific act. And this was one of the main fundamental arguments of the prosecution that look, in the Jewish Talmud they claim they're the only ones who are Adam. The chief rabbi of Moscow, Rabbi Yaakov Meza, was asked to respond as an expert on Jewish law and he turned in an emergency to Rameer Shapiro, Lublina Rav, and Rameer Shapiro wrote a brilliant explanation and what it means, he said, question here. You know, let's say there was a blood libel against a Russian or a Pole. Would all Russia be in uproar? Would all of Poland come out from all over the world to protect this uh, accused criminal? Of course not. And yet here you have one lone Jew in the Ukraine Mendel Bayless. And from all over the world, the Jews are protesting and coming to his aid and coming to his advocacy. Look at the unity that exists among the Jewish people. Says Rabbi you know, there are many ways to say man in Lashem Kaidash. You could say ish, but the word ish has plural, anoshim. However, the word adam is always Lashem Yachid. Adam is one person. Adam is a whole nation. Atem Kruyim Adam. Only the Jewish people can be called nationally one entity. And the proof is when one Jew is in pain, the whole nation comes to his aid. 
The rest of the nations of the world, certainly they're human, but they're anoshim. They're disparate individuals. They don't have the same national unity. And we would humbly add that isn't it ironic that this lesson of Jewish unity came about through the blood libel? Because that's the whole purpose of the blood libel. The whole purpose of the blood libel is to restore and reawaken the sin of Mechiras Yosef, to correct sin Aschinam. And through this particular blood libel, look at the insight that came up. By the way, the Rav Shlomo Gansfried, the Baal Kitzur Shulchan Aruch, and the Sefer Aperion, he also writes this Yisoid, and now he explains why is it that only the Jewish people can get Saras, and Gentiles can't get Saras. And he explains as follows. What brings Saras? Lashon Hara. Goyim are allowed to speak Lashon Hara. You know why? What's the sin of Lashon Hara? You're causing disparity. You're causing fragmentation. Fragmentation is only a fundamental issue for the Jewish people who are fundamentally one, are fundamentally one entity. But the nations of the world that are disparate anyway, so Lashon Hara is not as lethal, not as tragic, and not as dangerous. And that's what it means. Now, many people, whenever they hear about Sinas Chinam, they immediately say, yeah, why can't we have Sinas Chinam, the Charedim and the Dati Lumi? why can't they get along? The modern Orthodox and the Charedim or Ashkenazim and Sfadim, Lifish, Hasidish, what happened? And everybody gets carried away why can't the different streams in the Jewish people get along? And that, I believe, is Atzas Yetzahara. Because, yes, all these different streams do need to get along. But that's not the Ahavas and the Sinas Chinam that needs the most work on. Because if we're going to correct Ahavas uh, Sinas Chinam, the place to start is Bein Ach Achiv between two brothers between husband and wife, between parents and children, in within the mishpacha, how many family units are fragmented? Husband and wife, fam- father and son, brother and brother, and everybody has their reason why they're right and the other person them. But that's exactly Mechiras Yosef. That's Mechiras Yosef. Not Charedim and, and Daiti Lumi. Sinas Chinam that we got to start with, we're talking about within our families. You know, the Kliyaka writes very powerful words. Kliyaka writes that when brothers don't get along, when families don't get along, it causes tsar to their parents in their grave. That's how great Shalom is. Shalom, says the Kliyaka, Shalom is so important that without it, the dead cannot rest in their grave. He says, That's where we got to start from. We have to make sure that we transcend the trivialities, the pettiness that causes strife between people within their own family. And then from there, as the Gemara says, Chayiv, a person is not allowed to get married until they see their wife. Why? Shenemar, v'yahavta l'reacha kamoicha. You know what sinas chinam is? Between husband and wife. That's where it starts. 
between Reim Ha'ahuvim. And then you could work on Avas Chinam with your brother and your sister. And then you could work on it with your children. And then with the guy sitting next to you in Shul. And then maybe you'll have a fighting shot that you'll get along with another group in Klal Yisrael that has a different outlook than you do. But there's another thing we do in the, in the Haggadah that is reminiscent of Mechiras Yosef. And that is, I discussed a number of years ago in the city of Krakow to go to the kever of Rabbi Elazar Ashkenazi. He wrote on Megillas Esther, the commentary, Yosef Lekach. He wrote on Chumash Masay Hashem with an amazing Haggadah. Rabbi Elazar Ashkenazi was a doctor and one wrote one of the classic commentaries on Chumash. We know we dip on Lil Seder Shnei Pa'amim. Shnei Pa'amim. What is the significance of these Shnei Pa'amim? He says, one is to remember the dipping that caused us to go down to Mitzrayim and one is to remember the dipping that got us out of Mitzrayim. The dipping that caused us to go down to Mitzrayim is Vayit Be'luas Badam. We dip Yosef's tunic in blood. The dipping that got us out of Mitzrayim is on the final night in Egypt, and says, the Baal told us Yaakov Yosef, Talmud of the Baal Shem Tov. And Ramatisio Salman, by the way, says the same thing. That second dipping was a kapara for the dipping by Mechiras Yosef. That dipping was the dipping of Sinas China. And the final dipping was Why did they dip in Agudas Ezoiv? Because Klaiso learned the lesson that they're going to get out of the mess, they have to come together, they have to come together as one unit, as one nation. And my grandfather, Rabbi Shimon Hirschfang, would always say that Elio Anovi, when does he appear? He appears at a bris. Why does he appear at a bris? Because at a bris, we don't invite anybody. Everybody's invited. We were masaking the sin of Kamsa Bar Kamsa, where somebody was thrown out of a meal that they were not invited. When does Elio return? Elio returns to a meal that no invitation is necessary. And therefore, we conclude the Avoida of the Lel Seder, and we say Lashana. Habab Yishalayim Habenuya. The only thing is, we're not there yet. We're still in the Galas. And not only was our Galas caused by Sinas Chinam, but the original Galas Mitzrayim was as well. So if we want, if we are serious in our request of Sheyibana Beis Hamikdash and Hervi Amenu, we have to be Mesakein this Chet. And I wasn't planning on talking about this subject, but over the last couple of days, keep on seeing the grave of Yosef HaTzadik being desecrated, how can you help but think that if the Tzadik Yisoyed Oilam, if the foundations, the pillars of the world are being shaken up, that maybe the Rebbe Hashem is reminding us that Madua lo yavoy ben Yishai gam Timoel gam Shoshan. Why is David HaMelech not here yet? And when we're able to reverse that, then we'll all be zoicha to Lashana Haba Bishalim Habriya. Thank you everyone for joining. Wishing you all a Chag Kosher a good Yom Tif.
And uh, you could join us this week, Wednesday night, Wednesday morning, Wednesday night. We have a very uh, important shir on who wrote the Haggadah. So everyone is cordially invited. And I uh, wishing you all bracha v'atzlacha. Kol tov. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.